Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. Well, welcome back to Training for Manhood. I'm uh, I'm your host, Dan Panetti, and uh, today we've got um, a good friend uh, in studio with me uh, to talk about a subject that, uh, that hopefully is going to be um, helpful. Um, at least it will be interesting. Uh, Ricky <laughs> Chalette <laughs> is here. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, men and sexuality. Uh, and uh, Ricky, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, you and I uh, met years and years ago. Uh, through a good friend, you've done some uh, training with our uh, with our students, with our parents uh, at a school, um, and then uh, you've got an incredible ministry called Living Hope. Um, but uh, tell us a little bit about just kind of you know uh, the ministry, what you do, and then we're going to dive into just kind of um, talking to young men about the, the the idea of sexuality. Yeah, well, Dan, good to be with you this morning. I'm glad to be here, and I've been in ministry as a as a Baptist minister for almost 40 years, 38 years, long time. And uh, you started really young, though. Really? Right? Oh, yeah. I was like just six. a child. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah I was a so, child. Just, yeah. Anybody's adding ages here. Yeah. Yeah. Ricky's just, very young. Just a boy. Um, but uh, for the last 15 or so years, been doing Living Hope Ministry as executive director. And it is a ministry that deals with folks who acknowledge their sexual and relational brokenness and want to find wholeness through a more intimate relationship with Jesus. And so we help people discover who they are and uh, how they're supposed to live. And in the process of doing that, we see all kinds of really cool healing and, and hope come out of that sometimes very dismal situations. All right. So so, so starting with the the, um, the idea that you just said, that acknowledge your sexual brokenness. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's that's one of the places that I want to start is um, what what if you don't acknowledge your sexual brokenness? Right. Because I think you and I would say that that everybody right born universally um, in sin. Right. Yep. Is, is broken in so many different ways. Yep. Right. Their, their sexuality is just one of those. Right. Um, and as a young man, I think um, one of the ways that um, culture used to be permissive towards that brokenness, right, was a man would be um, a conqueror, right? He would have many uh, sexual partners as long as they were women, right? Kind of the, right. you know, the Wilt Chamberlain concept, right? right? Is how many women can you sleep with, right? And that was never considered sexual brokenness. Right. Sexual brokenness was considered, right, if you didn't want to have sex with a woman, you want to have sex with a man, right? And even now that's not sexual brokenness. So. So to acknowledge sexual brokenness, what are, what are we talking about? Are we talking about everybody, or, or is there just a category now that, that people fit into? No, I think there are a lot of people who don't acknowledge their sexual brokenness at all. In fact, they argue vehemently that they are not broken, that they are fine, that everything's good. They need to embrace who it is that they feel they are in that moment, and, uh, and that may change from moment to moment. So if I feel uh, that I'm heterosexual today, but I wake up tomorrow and I feel like I may want to express my sexuality in some other way, uh, that is also perfectly fine. And so uh, to me, the, the obvious thing is that we struggle with being sexually whole beings. And part of that, I think, comes from really all the way back at the beginning. You know, when we were in the garden and God created us and we sinned, uh, one of the first things we see is God saying to the man and the woman, well, part of this brokenness, this disobedience, one of the consequences, death, if you will, of this perfection in reality of relationship that you've been created in, uh, part, of the, part of the fallout of that brokenness is going to be you're going to have a hard time relating to one another. 
And so the man and the woman in their curse in chapter three uh, says that, you know, they're going to have this conflict that's going to be between them. And from that point on, there is a sense that uh, our relational reality is not what it's supposed to be. And so we're constantly fighting that. And then as we learned that sexuality was an incredible way uh, to both, in some broken instances, exercise power, but also to have a deep sense of intimate connection, all that gets convoluted, perverted, twisted, distorted, uh, and we then use it for things that it was never intended to be used for. Okay, so you're going back, and, and the, the language I've heard when I kind of um, look at people like you who are writing about this, and um, you're going back to that there's a design for sexuality, right? Exactly. And that we shouldn't just follow our own desires. Correct. Right, so if, if our desires follow the design that we were created for, right, then, then we're in line. Right. If our desires are outside of that particular design, right, then we need to follow the design and not our desires. Right. So, That's so um, take me back to the design, right? Because you're talking okay. about a, a, a couple thousand year old book, yeah. right? Um, yeah. That that right. I don't feel like uh, you know I'm a young guy and I want to you know follow my desires. I want to follow my own passions, right? And I want to do what I want to do. And why are you telling me that, right? That following this design for my life, um, from maybe even someone I don't know, right? Um, somebody the world is telling me is you know patriarchal and um, you know wants to oppress my life, right? Why would I, as a young person, desire right to follow his design for my life in terms of sexuality? Yeah, I mean, I think the the ultimate question there is, what do you believe about who you are and how you got here? Okay, you know, do you believe there is a creator? Do yep. you believe that you are created, or do you believe that you're just a happenstance of molecules that? came together and boom, you, you appeared. Right. Because uh, then it doesn't really matter. Right. Then it, it doesn't, doesn't matter, matter what you do. That's right. You can do anything <laughs> you want to do and see how that works out. Right. You know, but, but if there is intentionality and purpose in who we are, which I think it's quite evident that there is, I mean, we're, we're these incredible creatures who think and feel and experience and create and love and do all these sorts of things. Well, that doesn't come from an unintelligible reality. It comes from an intelligible reality. And so there had to be something that creates us. And I think we all know at our core that there's something out there, someone out there that has that has started this. And so when we acknowledge that, you know, okay, I'm going to live by this belief that there is a God. And and the reality is everybody lives in the belief that there's a God. It's just what is your, is your God. Right. You know, everybody has one. It's either your pleasure, your stomach, your money, your pride, or God. And so I'm going to acknowledge that I believe the best way to live is what God says and how he designs and what he purposes. And so I'm going to go back and look at this ancient book that we have, which is all we have to know about God for the most part, except for creation itself. Uh, But as far as written form, and we look at it and we see that God says he created and he made a man and a woman and he created the woman specifically to be a helper for the man. Uh, doesn't make her less than, but it does make her different than the man. They each have purposes and roles and responsibilities. Those are not ultimately uh, limiting. In fact, I would argue they're unlimiting in the sense that they allow us to live fully into what it is that we've been created to do and how best to thrive within that creation. And so when we fight that, I think we end up with problems. Mm -hmm. Um, the Bible's pretty clear that says that the wages of our sin is death. When we sin, something dies every time. Uh, we don't often think of that, but it's true. Uh, we often think that, oh, yeah, but, you know, the cross and the grace and Jesus and all that, well, that, that, that covers the, 
um, you know, the death aspect. Well, it, it does in one sense, but in another sense, the reality of the consequences of our sin are still going to be lived out in our life. So, so we die both from a physical perspective that eventually all of us will expire, and, uh, but I think we also die in other kinds of ways, relationally, intimately. Those kind of things die when we sin. And so to not follow God's design is inviting death into what could be beautiful relating and connecting and instead becomes a death that surrounds us. And then we're constantly seeking something more to fill those voids that we experience. Yeah. Yeah. What do you say then um, to the young person, right, who uh, who desires to um follow what you've just said, right? Like, hey, I, I believe that there's a God and I believe that there's a design and, and I want to live that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of things that have happened to me, right, I feel like my radar is off, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, I've, I've been abused. Um, I've seen uh, relationships, right? You know, divorce, sure. um, what, whatever it is that, that I've grown up in, right? What I've seen, right, is a bunch of death and destruction. But I, I want to live, right, um, in, a, in a healthy and a whole relationship. Yeah. I just don't know how to move out of right. Right, the things that I've seen that have happened to me. How do, how do I move forward from that perspective? Yeah, and, and I think the question ultimately you're asking in this is, is the question I think every young man, certainly the question I ask when I was younger, um, what do I need to do? Right. How do I, what do I do that's going to make all of this better? And oddly enough, that's actually, I think, the wrong question. Okay. Because I don't think that we do ourselves into becoming better people. Um, we can do a lot of things, and those things may be good that we do, but the reality is that doesn't change how we feel about what we do, and it doesn't change how we live out our lives necessarily. What ultimately we need to be asking is, what do I need to be? And what God says is that we are his children, we're made in his image, we're image bearers of God, and as a result of that, we have incredible and inherent worth and value because of our ability to reflect the image of God into the world. And so when we when we stop and say to ourselves, okay, I'm not worried about what I'm doing per se. I'm really worried about who am I? What what am I being? And 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 what's beautiful about being is that even in those moments where all of us as men get to the place where we simply don't know what to do, there is always something for us to be. And so we can be something in that moment, even when we don't know how to do and you know what to do. And and like even now in the world that we're experiencing, with all the chaos and confusion and COVID and riots and race relations and all these things that are taking place, uh, there's a lot of guys I'm talking to that are like, "Man, I don't know what to do." And I'm like, "Well, okay, but but who are you supposed to be right now? Because if you're a man of God who loves people and cares about people and cares about relationship with people and speaks into." the confusion and the chaos that is around you with truth, you have something to offer. You know, I can sit down at the table and say, hey man, I can love you, I can listen to you, I can hear what you're saying, and I can be an advocate for justice. I can be an advocate for the underdog and the marginalized. Uh, I can do all of those things because of who I am. And so that is the bigger question for every young man to answer is, who do you want to be? And one of the ways I often look at it and, or, or post it to the, to the guys is, um, if you had a sister that you love dearly and she's getting married to a guy, who do you want that guy to be? Yeah. What do, what do you want him to look like? What, what, what do you want him to think about? What do you want him to, to uh, orient his life toward? And I said, whatever those answers are, that's your answer. That's your answer. That's your answer. And sometimes it's easier to see it that way, you know, like when we yeah. look at somebody else than it is, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. But, but if we look at, okay, well, what do I want this guy to be that's going to marry my sister, you know? And then suddenly we realize, wow, okay, well, 
if that's who I want to marry my sister, that's actually the man I'm supposed to be as well, because somebody's going to hopefully one day want to marry me. Yeah. You know, so what you're saying is like your actions spring forth right from the character of the person. Absolutely. Right. So don't don't worry so much about the actions. If you're focusing on the actions and you're trying to change your actions without changing your character. Right. right, You're just you're going to create more conflict in your life. Right. Right. Yeah, so that's just behavioral management. Behavioral management, right? right? And so everybody can do that to, to, to some a certain extent, for a certain time. Right, for right. a certain time, and then all of a sudden it becomes really frustrating because now you're acting either right in accordance with who you are, which is great, or you begin to act in a way that's not according to your character, right. and it becomes very frustrating, yeah. right? So um, great picture, right? Um, you know, who do you, who do you want to marry your sister, mm-hmm. um, and what kind of person is that, and how do I how do I become, right, the man, right, that I would see as as – um, a man that would be um, worthy of, right, my sister connecting her life with, right? right. So what would you say to that young guy if he says, oh, okay, okay, I, that's what I want to work on, right? I want to begin to work on who I am, right? Wh- where do I start in that process? Yeah. Well, obviously, like I said, it's, you know, you are a creation of God. You're a man of God. So, so you have to align yourself with the things of God. So the first thing I would say is you have to be a man of the word. You know, you're going to have to know what God says because that's how he communicates to us. I mean, yep. his, his word is his communication to us, his direction to us, his His navigation to us as to where we go and how we live. Uh, so I think that's huge. I think we have to realize that our life is not about the, the seeking of our personal pleasure, but the good of others. Real men do relationship well. And, and by that, what I mean is they love other people selflessly. And they care about the well-being of others more than they care about themselves. And part of even how God has designed and made us physically says something about our need to be uh, protectors, providers, um, those that are looking to the horizon for danger for others so that we can put ourselves out there to help them. Uh, that is that is what men do. Uh and, and, and it is because of who they are that they do that and how they've been created. So I, I think that's a part of it. I think uh, to be a person of integrity, and what does that mean? That means I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live out what it is that I believe, and I'm going to make those things consistent both in front of people and away from people. So in the, in the crucible of crisis in my life, when the doors are closed and the lights are out, I'm going to respond in the same way that I'm going to respond when I'm on the stage or in front of a crowd or, you know, um, you know, in, in the midst of a football arena, you right. know, or whatever. I'm, I'm going to be, be the same, the same guy. Yeah, I'm going to be the same guy. Same guy. Whether yeah. I'm alone with a girl or I'm with a bunch of guys, right? Yeah. If I'm by myself or wherever I am. Right. So it's it's interesting, right? Because I've <clears throat> I've done a couple of the shows already, right? Training for manhood, mm-hmm. and, and it's interesting that so far everything that we've talked about. Um, is exactly what you just said. Okay. <laughs> okay. Glad we're, glad we're talking yeah. about the same stuff. Yeah, That's and it's, it's, you know, it's kind of like if we're going to talk about sexuality and, and you're thinking, okay, is this going to be different? And, yeah. and the answer is no, it's going to be exactly the same, mm-hmm. right? That training for manhood in terms of whatever we're talking about, in terms of your sexuality, in terms of your work ethic, in terms of any aspect, right, of what it means to be a man goes back to uh, what does God's word say, mm-hmm. right? And, and you identify with uh, who God has called you to be, who he's created you to be, right, who he's gifted you to be. And if you don't know who that is, that I don't know any other place to start than that. Right. Right. You've got to, you've got to start with knowing God and, and, you know, knowing yourself in the light of who he's made you to be. Right. And so, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, I kind of laugh at is just this idea 
and I'm some you know 24 year old guy, and I want to know what you know. And we're talking about you know sexuality, and it's like we're starting with go to God's word, mm-hmm. right, and spend time in God's word. And it's like that would be the last place I'd think that most people think that we're going to start, right. right? But I don't I don't know any other place to start. I don't either, and and you don't either, right? right? So in all the years that you've right. been doing counseling since you right. were six years old, that's right, right? That, that this is what <laughs> you right. come up with. Is this this with. is the place to start, yep. and then all right, and then the thing that grows from that. Right is um, is beginning to look at how you want to live life and treat others. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's getting your relationship aligned with God. Right, and then beginning to look at how do I how do I um, live that out in my relationships with others. Right, right. and if your relationships with others um, are going to be self centered, are going to be something that you're you're getting more than you're giving. Right, I think that's going to be a frustrating relationship, and I, I think in terms of sexuality as well. Right, that that's going to be frustrating if you're. Um, desires, right, are for serving your own appetites, right, and and meeting your own needs as opposed to serving somebody else, right, and investing in the life of somebody else, that's going to be a very frustrating existence. Do you see that? Absolutely. Yeah. And I see it all the time. I mean, I, I see so many young men who are looking for sex with people and sexual relationships with people, not realizing that sex really isn't the answer. Because sex, even in marriage, is really never about sex. It's always about something else. It's always about intimacy. It's about connection. It's about feeling affirmed and loved and cared for. Um, it, it, it's about conquest sometimes, you know, and, and it can be unhealthy or healthy, you know, realities. But very rarely the physical act of sex is, is really never about just that physical act of sex. Uh, that may feel good. It, it may have its own, you know, payday in a sense. But the reality is if you're doing it, for something other than the good reason that God designed it, which is for you to become one with this other person that you've committed to and are married to and are going to be with for the rest of your life, then ultimately it's going to fall short and it's going to be unfulfilling. And as a result of that, what it typically does is create an even deeper appetite for seemingly more of the same or more extreme uh, in order to meet that need. And so what we see in so many young men, or at least we see in our ministry, is young men who, who think, okay, well, if I look out and I compare myself to these other guys and I, and I say, I want this or I want that. I want to have this kind of sexual relation. I want to have these many girls. I want to have this many guys. Um, what ends up happening is that gets deeper and darker, but never satisfies. Yeah. And, and it is literally like a black hole who just draws you in and takes from you everything that you think you're going to receive by doing the act itself. So, so it's, it's fascinatingly contradictory. Yep. You know, it kind of reminds me. I, I don't know if this may seem like a weird thing, but maybe you'll connect with it because <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of weird. I, yeah. I don't know. Just, you know so. there, there's a guy out there going, that was really stupid. But yeah. um, so in the Old Testament, there's a story, right, of the nation of Israel, you know, wandering around in the desert for 40 years. Right. Uh, and God gives them manna. Right. And, and they, 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 you know, they're tired. They're complaining. Right. Hey, we want we want meat. We want meat. We want meat. And so God sends along, you know, some quail. And he's just like he gets frustrated with them complaining. Right. Right. That it gives them so much quail. Right, that it's like it's coming out their nose, right? right? And they're finally like, okay, too too much, right? right? <laughs> right, right, like, right. You know, and 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 that's it's the, thinking. It's right. right. It's like, it's just on. this yeah. is this ridiculous. Right. Go back to the main. And I think that the concept, right, is if if you have right this unquenchable appetite, right, for um, just the physical action, right, of of you know sex. What you're saying is, you know, if sex is for sex only, right, and you this, this unquenchable appetite, right. What you're finding out is that 
Yeah, all it does is dig a bigger hole that never gets filled up with what you really need and right. what, what you really, in fact, if you could sort of step back from it for a second and say, what do you really want? And what you really want is you want to connect on a deep level with somebody, right? right. You want to be known, right, and, and, and to know somebody, right, because right. that's how you were designed. So when you do things that, that run contrary to how you're designed, right, all you're doing is short-circuiting yourself. Yeah. And, it, and it ends up becoming a very frustrating, uh, very destructive lifestyle. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I think I think I think that's a that's a great concept for us. Um, maybe the quail story works. Maybe it doesn't. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. uh, some people are like, I've never read that story before. Yeah. It's like, yeah, well, great. It. It's a really good story. Yeah, yeah. yeah have yeah. fun with that. Um, so let's do this. Um, I always kind of walk away with um, at the end of a, a, a podcast with um, something to do. Right. And, and you, like what you just said was was great because the idea is is it isn't about doing. It's about being mm-hmm. right. So focusing on that idea, if, if we're going to talk about men uh, in terms of their sexuality, I think the, the place to start is uh, what kind of person do you want to be? Um, and so uh, when we when we um, talk about this idea of what does it mean to be a man, we you know talked about this idea of maybe even writing down a, a motto of putting down what does manhood look like? Mm. Um, and so maybe um, you know the, the takeaway from this one is going to be um, think about the the kind of man like you just said right that you want your sister uh, to marry. If you're an yeah. older guy and you've got a daughter, right? Can you imagine that the man is going to sit down in your living room and say, "Hey, I want to marry your daughter," right. right? And think about the attributes of of you know what that man looks like, the character. Um, you know, the way that they carry themselves, right? The way that they talk and use words, you know, well, the way that they treat other people, right? And and the idea is, right, if you're not that man, right, you need to become that man. Exactly. Right. And and so that's that's our takeaway is right, take take uh, you know, take a day, uh, spend some time, do some self contemplation, right? Yeah. Look look inside yourself and say, Am am I the man, right, that I want to be, that God has created to me it be and if I'm not Right then, as as you said, right, the place to start is to start at God's yeah, work. Yeah, and and to realize that God has created you to be the man that He wants you to be. Whether or not we've discovered that, and whether or not we realize that, is about our discovery of who He is and who He's created us to be. So so we need to look at that and say, okay, I may not feel like a man, I, I may not feel like I'm all I'm supposed to be, but God has said that He's created me and equipped me and given me every good thing necessary for righteousness and godliness. And so he's made me to be who it is that I'm supposed to be. I've just got to figure that out. Right. And I've got to discover that within my soul. So we're going to go with the facts and not our feelings. That's right. There you go. Well, very good. Until next time, we'll see you again. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training, the number four, manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.